Thank you, Mr. Derek. Thank you all for the singing. What a wonderful, wonderful God we have. Indeed, we have good news. I'm kind of curious, you know, in our, um, our modern digital age, some of you probably don't have any idea what that extra is all about. In fact, I don't even. It predates me. In the olden days when there were newspapers and it was... Um, and there was breaking news, they would print extra newspapers, and they would go out and shout, extra, extra. So, for example, um, I have found in my parents' attic, which was my grandparents' attic, an old newspaper, and it said in big, bold prints in the South Bend Tribune, Pearl Harbor bombed. And um, there is an example of a particular newspaper where there were extra, extra printed because everybody was wanting to get a copy. And so... You know how that parallels to the good news? The good news is there ought to be us out shouting all the time, extra, extra, there's really important news, there's good news, good news, and the good news is Jesus. So the paper boys who would be selling it on the street would be shouting, extra, extra, because you go places and you couldn't find any of the newspapers because it was such hot news that they'd run out of newspapers. So the paper boys, if they'd get a hold of some stock, they'd be out there shouting extra, extra, so the people come to them and buy from them. Well, tell me. We have extra good news, and are we out there like the paper boy eager to make a buck? Well, we don't make a buck off the gospel, do we? But are we out there with urgency and excitement shouting, extra, extra, extra good news? This is really exciting news. Well, this morning and throughout the day today, we're going to look at a particular topic. We're going to look at the topic of Comfort. Comfort. Well, what does that mean? And what does God have to say about it? In the morning service, we're going to look at the topic in a survey of the Bible, and we're going to consider it in light of our church's constitution, or specifically our church covenant, where it says that we endeavor by the aid of the Holy Spirit to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge, holiness, and comfort. What is comfort? And how do we as a church engage and strive for the advancement of comfort? Well, have you ever been sad? You don't have to raise your hands because I know all of you are raising your hands if you're really honest. We've all been sad. Have you ever been discouraged? I have. Well, in those times, what do you need? What do I need? We need comfort. Now, later this morning, I'd like to share with you a survey of the Bible on some of the topic of comfort. And we're just going to tiny little scratch the surface. But this morning in Bible hour, it being Bible hour, I'd like for us to do something a little bit different. Can you take your Bibles? You have a copy of God's Word, your Bibles, and turn to the back of your Bibles. And if you have a concordance, can you see if you have the word comfort or its related words in your concordance? Um, 
And I'm curious, just as an understanding of who's all here, if you're in the back of your Bibles, um, most Bibles have it. So, you know, it's nothing against you. But if your Bible doesn't have a concordance, can you raise your hand so I can know? Okay, just a few. But most of you have, most of you have a concordance in the back of your Bible. Well, I came prepared. Just in case you don't have one, I have the exhaustive concordances up here. Or maybe um, you are, are one of those people like me where I never use, except in rare occasions, the concordance in the back of my Bible because I will certainly use the exhaustive concordance. Exhaustive means it has every single word. The one in your back of your Bible can't have every word because if it did, it would be this big. Some of you, I don't think, know what a concordance is. A concordance is a listing of every word that's in the Bible and where to find it, where it is mentioned in the Bible. So really, one of the reasons why a concordance is one of the best tools you can have in your library, and um, it's not just something that should be in the library, it should be something that's actually well used, is... Um, a re reason why it's so important and so valuable is because it's really a Bible. Well, yes, it is a book, as Brother Derek was sharing earlier, but it's more than just a Bible. It's like the Holy Bible, all rearranged. It's the Holy Bible rearranged in the order of all of its words. And so I'd like for you to look at um, your concordance in the back of your Bible and could I have Elijah come here and help me? Elijah has very kindly taken these concordances up here. And um, some of them are from my house, and some of them are from the church library. And he has marked in them the word comfort. And I'm going to say here, let me pop this off. Elijah's going to carry a stack of these around, and if you would like to look in the Strong's Concordance. He, we have a whole stack of them here. And, and he'll pass you a copy. You're going to need a helper, one to carry them and another to pass them out. You got them? Here, Strong. There we go. Okay, who wants to come help him? Okay, yeah, William, you come help him. Because here's what I'd like you to do. Stand by. This is weightlifting time. Here's what I'd like for us to do. I'd like for us to look at our concordances. And instead of me just telling you from the Bible these truths, I want you to search the Scriptures. And I'm going to equip you with a concordance to search the Scriptures. I don't know what's going on in each of your minds, but the Holy Spirit does. And as you look through the verses on comfort or being comforted, I'd like you to consider the context and I'd like you to be looking for comfort. Either for just today or another way I'd like you to be looking for is how in the past have the scriptures or how have you been comforted, and how is that illustrated from these verses? And so I'd like for us to just take 10 minutes and for you to look at your Bibles and look at your concordance, read through some of the verses, 
read through some of the contexts and think about it. And think about what you could share from what you learn or maybe what you are reminded of, meaning you already know it, but you're reminded of it, with all of the rest of us, that we can be a comfort to each other. So, now, some of you may just automatically want a full-size concordance, so you just go ahead and raise your hand. And those of you who don't have a concordance in the back of your Bible, um, go ahead and raise your hand. You guys can go ahead and go, oh, did you relieve him? How's he going to get big and strong? Okay, go ahead. If you need a, would like to have a full-size concordance or your Bible doesn't have one in the back, just get their attention and they'll pass one out to you. And by the way, those are all Strong's concordance. Some of you guys are Bible students. You might have a preference to the Cruden's concordance. I got three of them up here or the Young's concordance, and I've got two of those up here. So here's the goal. Look up the word comfort and then begin looking at the verses and begin by reading them and then meditating on them. And I know, as I look across here, that there are children. And so, if there is a child nearby, can you take them and bring them alongside you? And it's okay for you to be talking a little bit out loud during this time, because there are children who need to hear these verses, and you can read these verses, and you can show your children how they can use um, a concordance and learn from this age. All right, so let's take about 15 minutes and do just that.
There are lots of verses, aren't there? Lots of scriptures on comfort. I'd like for us to have a time of sharing. If you found a verse or there was a verse that um, stood out to you as you went through this little project, I'd like you to share it. Here's the biggest reason why. That's one of the biggest ways we can comfort each other. The most profound way of comforting one another is to share the comfort of the Scriptures with them. And as we are spending time with our God and finding comfort in His Word, we can share that comfort with others. So I don't want to limit what you share, but if you would share it, you can simply share a verse, read it aloud. No comment, just read a verse aloud. Or you could read a verse aloud and offer a comment on how it is special to you this morning or has been special to you in the past or how the reality of what you read, what you read being described has been a comfort to you in the past, not just of how this particular verse, but how the, what this is talking about has been to you. Perhaps you have a testimony of a time in which you were sad, discouraged, troubled, that in a time when you were comforted. How were you comforted? I am convinced that as we share these testimonies, it can be a comfort to others. So is there anyone who would like to start off just with the verse? What's the verse you read? William? Blessed are they that mourn, shall they, for they shall be comforted. That's in the Beatitudes. Ben? Yes. Anyone else? Toby? Any thoughts on it? And the comfort, the Holy Ghost comforts. Jesse? Amen. That's the classic. Second Corinthians 1 4. Actually, the whole chapter is about comfort. In fact, actually, the whole book is about comfort. Did I see Lincoln? And then we found 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. And then skip it down to verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. That's where we're going to end our service today later, just so you know. Heads up. That's the benediction of our day. Thoughts on it, Lincoln?
Amen. It ties in with what Ben, when you speak of him being with us, Ben shared, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Much of that is his presence. Is that just, Amy? Virgil. Christopher? Elijah? Last words there, I have remembered thy judgments of old and have comforted myself. Tied into the same scripture he had. We comfort ourselves remembering what God has done from his word. Ethan? Uh, so in the Old Testament, uh, the Hebrew word that's most often that's most often translated as comfort also can be translated as uh, almost as much translated as repent which can have a negative connotation for example in um, Genesis 6 6 and it repented of the Lord that he made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart so it has a sense of uh, uh, pity or almost I wouldn't say regret but at the same time there, there's 
it seems interesting that both the, this Hebrew word is being used in both cases. So true. We're going to come to that in the morning message later. Thank you, Ethan. Who else did I see back there? Nathaniel? The kids didn't think they knew any verses with the word comfort, so the concordance helped recall to their memory Psalm 23. But another one that we found is um, in 1 Thessalonians 4, a command to comfort one another. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. As we talk about that passage, Philip found it in another spot besides just in the Bible and in the concordance. You want to tell him where you found it? He found it on the wood plaque in the back of our auditorium. Yep. So in death of loved ones, we sorrow not as those that have no hope. If we believe in Jesus, if they believed in Jesus, they'll be resurrected and we'll be caught up and we'll meet together in the clouds with Jesus when he comes back. Wonderful. Brianna. As I was reading through the list, a couple of verses jumped out to me. One was Genesis 18.5, where Abraham is being hospitable. He says, I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. And so you see comfort and hospitality. But then just a couple entries down, you see Jacob mourning his son. And he says that all his sons and all his daughters are up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted. And so just that it is a gift to both be given and to be received and how important both are in our Christian walk. Yes. Very good observation. Mr. Densmore. As I was reading through the words, I was encouraged and reminded to be thankful for the opportunity for us to come together each week. And I'm so thankful for my brothers and sisters in Christ. In Romans chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, the Apostle Paul says, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. And I'm so grateful of the, for the mutual faith of my brothers and sisters in Christ in this place and the encouragement that is, and comfort that has been given to me over the years. Amen. Thank you for the reminder. Amen. Mr. Smith. Okay. Uh, my eye caught uh, Isaiah 40 because um, one of my favorite passages is the end. Uh, last few verses of Isaiah 40, but the comfort verse is the start of Isaiah 40. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Um, again, I don't often read the whole chapter, but when you do, it just speaks to the temporariness of mankind and um, God's sovereignty over his creation. It's the chapter that talks about the nations being as the drop in the bucket and compares man to the grass that withers and the flower that fades. And it all reminds me of like Job and Ecclesiastes and Lamentations and a lot of those less uplifting psalms that are actually uplifting to me because what's the point? Where's the comfort? The comfort to me comes at the end of the chapter and I normally read around verse 27. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? 
Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Amen. That's comfort. Yes, uh, Josh. Uh, let's see. Second Chronicles, <clears throat> Chronicles 32, uh, starting with verse 2. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was come and that he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains which were without the city, and they did help him. So there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Also he strengthened himself and built up all the wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers and another wall without and repaired Milo in the city of David and made darts and shields in abundance. And he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city and spake comfortably to them saying, be strong and courageous, be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria nor for all the multitude that is with him, for there be more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Amen. That is speaking comfortably words. Didn't sound very hopeful at the beginning there, did it? It's Morgan. Looking at the verses that Jesse and Amy read and the verse right after it, it doesn't have the actual word comfort in it, but it says, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And that whatever degree your suffering gets to, the comfort you have in God is going to rise to that degree. There's not a point where your suffering can be worse than the comfort that you could get through God and his word and fellowship with your fellow Christians. Amen. So true. Did I see your sister? Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Um, God doesn't give us comfort just so that we can feel better, but so that we'll have that comfort to be able to pass it on to others. Amen. Amen. Yes, Joseph. As in Genesis chapter 28, verse 42, it says, And these words Esau, her elder son, and, the, and these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah, and she sent to Jacob her, and called Jacob her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. And it's kind of interesting how he's comforting himself. It's almost like self-pity is not receiving his comfort from God. And how it's kind of the opposite 
kind of comfort than like in different passages. Wow, yes. The exact opposite kind of comfort. Comforting yourself in the thoughts of revenge and murder. That's not a good way to comfort yourself, is it? That's a different thought of comfort. Yes. Maria. Um, in Psalm, uh, let's see, 69, <clears throat> it's a messianic psalm. It says, um, you know me, you know my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. My foes are all known to, to you. Reproaches have broken my heart so that I am in despair. I looked for pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. And it just made me think of Christ on the cross. The cross had no comforters, and God himself, or his father, forsook him. And um, that no matter how bad things get, God will never forsake us. And Jesus Christ has, um, he knows what it's like to never be comforted in the worst way possible. Yes, it is true. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes. Hannah. Um, in my concordance, there was a verse, um, John eleven nineteen, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And as I kept reading, I kind of got absorbed in the story of Lazarus rising from the dead. Um, and I think there is a comfort in knowing that Jesus is our Christ um, and a strength in that. And there was something else, but I kind of forgot what it was. All right, thank you. Yes, Jesus Christ is our life. There's a lot of comfort in that. One of the other New Testament passages in First Corinthians. Anyone else? Yes, Brother Yusuf. I had fun <clears throat> going through some different Old Testament and New Testament passages, just curious, looking to see how many different Greek words, and there's four to five at least, that are translated comfort. Hebrews the same, different. So there's a different range of meanings, and to to see what's what's the different connotations that each word can have, it's it's fun to see. Yes, and can you do that if you don't know Hebrew and Greek? Yes, you can with the Strong's Concordance as well. You can. You don't have to know Greek or Hebrew to do exactly what he just now described. A Strong's Concordance helps you do that all with numbers really valuable tool and very good to learn how to use because you can see how the same Hebrew word is translated in different ways. It's kind of what Ethan did earlier to see the same Hebrew word and how it's translated. Anyone else? Don't be shy in the balcony either. You can just shout out loud or he'll come. Brian. Yeah. There was a verse in Isaiah 66, uh, 66, 13, uh, well, verse 12. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, Israel, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then you shall feed on her sides, shall you be carried and be dandled on her knees. 
As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, and you shall be comforted in, Z in Jerusalem. Amen. The comfort of a mother is the way that God comforts us. That's a beautiful illustration and picture. It's an honor first to the godly motherhood, and it is an honor also considering of that's the, the joys we have in that picture with God. Beautiful. Thank you for bringing that to our attention, Brian. Anyone else? Miss Foltz. Could I break the rules a little and tell a verse that's a comfort to me that doesn't have that word in it? Oh, yes, please. Um, Isaiah 26, 4 has been just a comfort to me for years. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, which is comfort, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. It's just a comfort to know that when you think your world might be chaos, that he knows it all, he's directing it all, and he has a purpose in it all. And that gives me comfort and peace. Amen. That ties in beautifully with John 14, where the Holy Spirit is said to be a comforter. Right after it describes the Holy Spirit as a comforter coming, he says, and peace I give you. Peace is one of the things that comes with that comforter, the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Anyone else? She mentioned the rules. I don't know that I want to say there's no rules, but there's no rules. Um, I encourage you, and another thought to think of, is there a time in your life when you were discouraged or when you were sad and you were comforted. And how were you comforted? I'll just share it. Oh, we've got one. Go ahead. Yes. Yes, again, it didn't have the exact verse, but there's one about lifting up the hands that are like falling down and helping the feeble knees. And I just remember back a time in China when we were really discouraged just as parents and just with life and ministry. And there was another older couple that came and visited us for a couple days, and I felt they did exactly that, just by talking with us and encouraging us, and it was a great comfort. Yes, amen. Other testimonies of times of being comforted. And how? I'll, I'll share with you an account that I have experienced over and over and over, and that is that I go to visit people who have no reason to be happy, have no reason to be joyful or cheerful. They are sick and they are miserable. And I go to visit them, and my goal is to comfort them. I can guarantee you every time I go to a believer who's in such a state, I walk away comforted. I leave the one comforted as I see the power and of God working in these individuals' lives, no matter where they may be. And it is just a glorious experience to be comforted. I know it's kind of personal. It can be, but anyone else? Brother Yusuf. I remember, and it's been more than a time or two, though thankfully it's quite a while back, but curious about, am I really saved? And one time in particular, it was 
It was the words of John the Baptist, Behold the Lamb of God. And just the <clears throat> what seemed to be highlighted to me in that moment was the Lamb of God. He's God's Lamb. He's not an offering or a sacrifice that I need to prepare or make. This is what God has made and prepared and offered on my behalf. This is his love. And it's not about me, but what God has done for me. And so that's, that, I think, was the comfort of the scripture. Amen. Amen. And the assurance of salvation as well as the, the, the incredible gift. Amen. Amen. Mr. Consular. It was very difficult when we lost our son, Job. Actually, it was a hymn that comforted me. And it simply says, you are always good. God is good, even in our sorrows. Mm -hmm. God is always good, even in our sorrows. Amen. Brother Derek. No, um, like Mr. Counselor was saying, um, you know, blessed are they for, who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I know in my own life and times of loss and tragedy that uh, that verse, you know, I felt the prayers of people. I felt the presence of God, even, uh, you know, when I was totally uh, beside myself. Uh, and then the other verse, I, I'm not, I can't recall the exact verse, but um, uh, be still and know that I am God. And we don't always see what God's doing. We don't always necessarily feel his presence, but we could take comfort that he is working for us, that even in the, the stillness, in the quietness, in the hard times, the difficult times, he's very active and very present in our lives. So as believers, we could take comfort in that. And I always put in the perspective of, you know, this isn't going to matter very much in about 10,000 years, you know. So very true. Amen. Thank you. Anyone else? Uh, so, many, so many different times where um, I just uh, thank the Lord for the Psalms because you know, we, we've all gone through really hard times that, and times of confusion, and I'm one that in those times I, um, I don't just let the pages blow. I just, I just open straight up to Psalms and just start reading anywhere in Psalms, and uh, just I'm always blessed by that. Amen. So very true. The Psalms are so full of comfort. So full of comfort. And especially as you begin to learn the life experiences of David behind them. He's so very comforting. Anyone else? Ms. Foltz. Again, this is more... Um off topic in a way, but every time we have communion, one of the things that just breaks my heart and blesses me is when I think that Jesus in his humanity, yes, he was fully God, but he was fully man. When he was on the cross bearing the sin of the world, and he and his father for all of eternity past were one. 
and his father had to turn his back on him because Jesus in that moment was sin. And I think if Jesus would do that for me, why will he not be with me in every trial that mine is like this compared to what he has suffered for us? And I sometimes wonder, and you can tell me if it's theologically correct or not, but I wonder if the Holy Spirit ministered to him in that moment because Hmm. they're triune. But I just think if he would do that for me and for all of us, he is there for us in our trials, no matter how big or small they are. Wow, yes, so true. Yes. Oftentimes when we think of communion, it is a somber time. Why is it a somber time? Because we remember sometimes we can be overcome with the sorrow of guilt. But should we? In fact, the whole point and purpose of our time of communion is to give thanks. Because it's because of that sacrifice that we have eternal comfort in knowing that our sins are paid for and forgiven. There is comfort in that. And so, if ever those times you seem to feel overwhelmed of sorrow, in times especially of communion, when you remember what Christ suffered for you, for me, we can have comfort. And that results in thanksgiving and praise. Well, we're out of time, but it, before I wrap up, anyone have anything burning to share? All right, let's pray together. Oh, there is a hand. Or are you just teasing? No, go. Amen. Amen. We can be so encouraged, and I encourage you to just not leave it here, but um, to do this more often. Oftentimes when you may be in your personal Bible reading or devotions and you feel that it's a season of dryness, think of a word. In fact, try that one, dryness, and uh, look it up in the concordance, and um, I'll promise you that you will be refreshed because if you take the time to actually look to the Scriptures. Now, I'll offer you one major word of caution in this. Well, I'm going to give you three words. Context, context, context. (laughs) So, a concordance is a beautiful tool because it is the very words of God rearranged. Just so you know, God did have them in a particular order for us that is helpful for us. And so, we do not want to take things out of context, but please avail yourself to a concordance. Um, And if you don't have a paper concordance in your home, I encourage you to get one, an exhaustive concordance. Nowadays, they've got this nice print getting bigger and better and clearer to read. Um, I encourage you to get a good concordance um, in your home. The computers are beautiful, wonderful, nice. Um, But as I shared some time ago, computers can have other distractions that arise on you. And so unless you have, are a highly self-disciplined person or you have figured out to utilize the tools to help keep you focused, um, there's a concern there. There's an issue there. And taking a book and your Bible and just sitting down and focusing on that time 
is, is a real part. Even I myself, who loves all the fancy tools, even when I figured out how to use the focus tools, still will take my paper concordance at times and just begin to read on different words to understand what is God's, what is the Holy Spirit? How has he used these words? And um, I encourage you in that. But again, those three words of advice, context, context, context. That's why you got to have your Bible and a concordance because you got to look it up and you got to read it in context. But I encourage you to be encouraged in the comfort and hope of the scriptures. Let's pray. Gracious God, we bow to you today and give thanks to you, you the God of all comfort. We give thanks to you, Jesus Christ, who is, who is so full of compassion and comfort for us that you've given yourself for us and you've promised to come again and describe that as comfort. And you have sent to us your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for sending the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming alongside and giving us comfort. Great God, we thank you for working through brothers and sisters to give us comfort, to speak to us words of hope and truth from your word, whereby we find hope, peace, and comfort. May we go forth and continue in your word, continue walking in your spirit, and may we continue to have comfort and then to comfort others. We need your help, dear Spirit of God, as we pray in your name. Amen.